Welcome to another episode of the Warrior Way Podcast. Uh, I am joined today with my co-host, Grant Scouten. Grant, thanks for coming back to the show. I missed you. Yes, I'm back. It's good to be back. I know we did the round ball recap that it was kind of my first show back, but it was good to be back and um, being a part of like interviewing um, some guests with you. And we were joined this week by WHS lead principal, Carrie Papke, and She's had her hands full, to say the least, but I think it was really uh, cool to hear how she's handled it and also the vision that she has for WHS moving forward. Yeah, it was <clears throat> excuse me, it was a lot of fun having her on. Um, I've always been impressed with her about how much energy she brings um, as a principal and just how much passion she has for this uh, building in general. Um, and I'm also excited for our listeners to hear, in my opinion, one of the toughest drafts we've ever done with her so. and it was partly because she told us what the draft was going to be as she joined up with us so we had to come up with words without prepping but sometimes those drafts are the most fun ones yes. when we don't have time to prep for them so we hope you enjoyed this episode uh this is the warrior way Welcome to another episode of the Warrior Way podcast. We are joined today by a special guest, our fearless leader here at Washington High School, and I have to say it, a former Northern State Wolf, Carrie Papke. Carrie, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me. How was your Christmas? It was really good. It was quieter than normal, but that was nice because it was nice and relaxing. And did you stay in town the whole time? Uh, We did. Um, We did go see some relatives that live just south of Humboldt, so not too far, but yeah, most most part in town. Have you been able to get your mind away from all the stuff happening here at Washington during this break, or have you been constantly checking emails and thinking about what's going on with all the things we have at Washington? Um, A little bit of both, but I try to practice what I preach, and so my biggest thing that I said to staff was when we went into break that you need to truly take a break. You need to unplug. Um, I think that you are better at your job when you can take a break from it and kind of recoup. So I did try to do that over Christmas break and now I am back in the office so now I'm full focused on Washington. How would you summarize our school year thus far? Oh wow. Um, It's very broad I know but there's been many things that have gone on. How would you summarize it especially your first year as a lead principal? I would say that we have faced a lot of challenges. But it's kind of like the same when you talk about gold tested in fire. I think that we've been had a lot of things thrown at us, a lot of changes in a really short amount of time. But when you can start to come out from the other side of it, you can look back and go, wow, like look at all that we've accomplished and look at some of the better products that we've produced as a result of it. We've really been refined this year in education. So, you know, I will be happy when we can put COVID behind us and not have to worry about all those pieces. But I think that there are some really good things that we've done in education that we can take with us moving forward that we we should be really proud of. Yeah, and I think that even though we may not have wanted to have to figure out how to do things these certain ways, like you said, we are better for knowing, okay, if we do have to go to this online format, we're ready for it. If we do have to change our school day schedule a little bit, we are ready for it. I mean, how many pre-school year class day schedules did we ha- we had like an a b day we had like an it seemed like we had every letter of the alphabet included in a, in a daily <laughs> schedule yep but i mean i think some of those things are now just readying students and parents for all the adjustments we may have to make in a circumstance that hopefully we'll never have to come about again with this whole pandemic so absolutely so for the people that may not understand all that goes into your job especially when it comes to this year during a pandemic with covid 
How grueling of a process is it with when it comes to locating cases within our building and then getting that information out to families? Um, it's you know it's a pretty it's a pretty big process. Um, you know when you get a close contact or excuse me when you get a positive case that comes in, it's it's not just as simple as people think. You have to actually first send that off to health services and they have to confirm that for you with the Department of Health. So you're waiting on that. And in the meantime, if it's a student, then you also need to figure out where has that student all been. You need to figure out when did, did the onset of symptoms happen because you got to go back 48 hours from that. So. You're figuring all those pieces. Has a student been here? Who have they been in contact with? You're looking at um, seating charts. You're talking to teachers. So you're, you're trying to collect all the information so that you have all the information, but then you need to be able to turn around and quickly inform people um, how it has impacted them. So I would say on a minimum, when you're contact tracing, best case scenario, a case takes about an hour and a half to two hours, but that would be without any interruptions. And we know that when you're in the middle of a school day, that just doesn't happen. You so never have any interruptions never, during your school day. Never, never. Yeah. So it's it's a pretty tedious process, but I would say that just as anything, you know, when we first started with it, it was at times overwhelming. Now we've kind of got a system in place. People are used to it. Teachers are used to us emailing them, calling them, asking for the information. So we're, we're getting better at it. Yeah, so with uh, the COVID and everything, it's usually kind of a negative uh, aspect with it. So let's kind of flip it a little bit, and let's talk about some of the triumphs and successes that we've had here at Washington this fall. Well, let's just point out the first most obvious triumph. We're still here. We're still going to school full-time. You talk to people across the nation, they can't believe that. They're like, you're going to school full-time, regular. Yes, we are. So um, I think that speaks to a lot of what we have put in place to try and make the building as safe as possible to follow those routines. Um, huge shout out to our staff who have kept that. They've you know, kept their room safe, but they've also set things in place so that kids can be successful, whether they're in the building or unfortunately, if they're out of the building on remote learning. Um, you know, And we've had a lot of great things that have still happened. We've had our first state title with the competitive dance team. Uh, we were ranked third in the state um, for the top ranking of the Newsweek. Uh, Washington High School number three in the state. Um, we had two students receive full ride Questbridge scholarships. One is heading off to Columbia, the other is heading off to Princeton next year. We had the World Language Teacher of the Year. Um, and you know, the cool thing is we've had our students giving back and rallying around others in a variety of ways. And I think that that is probably one of our greatest triumphs that we have kids, that we've taught kids as part of our culture that when you see people in need, you take care of them. And I think that that's, that's true of the warrior culture here. And we're gonna touch on that a little bit more in just a little bit. Um, and I think what you just said makes me think of the BSU and all that they've done throughout this, um, this fall, especially when it comes to social injustice and just raising awareness to the fact that it is prevalent here and everywhere. Um, and we've just seen some amazing stories that our, our students have done, taking initiative and being advocating for themselves to do these these things um, that has just been really incredible to see. So what about, we just have to give a shout out to your fellow assistant principals yeah. because they've done an amazing job too. So talk about your team and just what it's been like to work um, this fall in your first lead principal job. Sure, so big shout out to my assistant principals, Heidi Jorgensen, Preston Coima, and Nate Malchow. Uh, I could not do this job without them. It is so nice that when you have so many things coming at you at once that you can have a team that you can collaborate with, that you can pick apart, and that you can delegate things to, and that you know that they're just going to run with it. Um, I think the thing that I love about this team is they they genuinely care about doing a good job, and they 
they care about doing right by others. And that's doing right by students, that's doing right by staff, that's doing right by our community. Um, so when you have a team that's strong like that, that you can really count on, it makes your job so much easier. Um, you know, and I wanna give a shout out to them, but I also think it's really important that we give a shout out to the Washington staff because man, like if I'm gonna be anywhere, I am so glad that if I'm gonna start my career as a head principal, Number one, just always, I got a lot of love for Washington, glad I'm starting it here, but particularly with this staff. Mm -hmm. This staff is a family. Um, they rally r behind people. Um, they're warriors, right? Like they rise to the challenge. We don't always love the challenges, but we rise to the challenge. We tend to keep a positive focus on it and, and we push through it and persevere, so. And I think taking it one step further on top of the assistant principals, but like clerical. Yeah. And your admin, uh, your, um, Lori and Kimber in the in the admin office and, and Angela, student services, Angela, student services, yeah. Angela in the counseling office, Kevin and all these people that kind of fly under the radar but are doing having to take on new job titles essentially. It's a, it's amazing, you guys, and I think that that also is another thing that you have to you have to give shout outs to them is that, and it speaks volumes to the staff here and part of our culture is. You know, there were nights where I'm in my office. I'm going to work late because I'm a principal, right? But there are nights I'm coming out of my office and, you know, Renee Hansen is still sitting there at six o'clock at night in student services, helping us finish up some COVID stuff or, or getting us prepared for the next day. So, um, and they've all done it. They, every single one of them, you know, Carmen Jensen, um, Kim Selzer, like you want to sit there and call them out by name because you just can't express the type of appreciation and gratitude you have when people go above and beyond and they don't complain. And, and the crazy part is you don't even have to ask, they just do it. Mm -hmm. um, so that's why, those are the reasons why I have so much love for the staff here at Washington. Talk a little bit about Lori Weber's getting up early, getting here for her <laughs> sub, trying to get subs in place schedule. Yeah, so what probably the things that you don't always know that are kind of going on behind the scene is, um, we needed to report how many teachers we're going to have out each day and then how we're going to cover if we don't have the, the sub job. So, so she would text me every night to let me know where are we at. And then at first thing in the morning when she'd get up, she would tell me this is where we're at now. She'd be into work by 6 a.m. Um, and she's sitting there kind of like a puzzle figuring out how she's going to cover all these pieces. And again, the thing that is what makes us love her so much is that she's doing this with a smile on her face. I mean, when do you run across Lori Weber and she's not positive? And that just, that it's, that positivity bleeds into the rest of the building. So when you are short staffed and you send out an email that says, hey you guys, we gotta help her out, people just rally because you know positivity is contagious. It really is. Um, I was gonna go quick add that you said earlier something about like how wonderful the staff is and how we're just going about our business. And to me, being my second year here, uh, I've been a part of staffs that when new things happen, you hear a lot of complaining, maybe grumbling here and there. Me personally, I haven't heard hardly anything. Like when we're short staffs or what, subs, people are like, yeah, I can do that, whatever, I help. It's been awesome to me to see this whole community kind of, this is a weird year, they know that, and they're like, hey, we're just gonna be flexible this year, let's get through it, and then hopefully things get back to normal. Yeah, it's, as we say, it's the warrior way, right? Yep. Have you like in in your collaboration and talking with administrators from other buildings? Are we are we all pretty much doing things very similarly? Or are we having to adjust things to fit our building? How it may differ from Lincoln or differ from Roosevelt a little bit? Yeah, I say you know we 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 collaborate um, across the buildings. Um, you know we're all trying to solve the pieces, and we we believe in collaboration. You do it better when you can pick the minds of others. Um, you know, so I'd say for the most part, we're similar, but then, you know, when you go to implement anything, it's always going to get implemented slightly different to accommodate 
meet the needs of your particular building. All right, so hot takes today. So uh, let's start with chocolate or vanilla? Chocolate. Winter or summer? Summer. A book or the movie? Book. Apple or Android? Apple. Burrito or taco? Ooh. I'm going to go taco. Pepsi or Coke? Coke. Would you rather be the driver in a vehicle or the passenger? Mmm. Mmm. That's a hard one. Passenger. Okay. Uh, rather go to a musical or a play? You're going to make me pick. Okay. Hmm. Musical. Okay. And then the last one, would you rather have the ability to fly or read minds? Fly. Right. And that's hot takes. I feel like your last one there was so far different than every other option you had. And I'm surprised with your analytical thinking, you don't want to be the driver in the car compared to the passenger in the car. You know, sometimes I have to be the driver so much that if I get the opportunity to sit back, relax, and just be the passenger, not such a bad thing. I even feel that way too. I'm, I get excited when my wife says, I, I'm going to drive, which doesn't, <laughs> I don't think I've ever had that happen. It's like, hey, do you want to drive? Sure. But I just get excited when I get to just ride in a car. It's just weird. <laughs> okay. So we're going to get to talking about the circle of courage a little bit. We're going to actually ask all these questions and have this conversation incorporating all the different aspects of the circle of courage and, and your vision for WHS as well with it. So just going to start off by asking, we've had a lot of students or we still have a lot of students that are trying to find a way or their um, spot in their belonging here at WHS. So what advice would you give students who are maybe trying to find their fit here? I would say you need to get involved. We have over 82 different activities and clubs. Um, you know, so if you tell me that you can't find something that you don't fit into, I'm a little bit of a skeptic to say you haven't looked hard enough. And here's the other side of it is if you really truly haven't, then start your own club. We have clubs that are start up every single year. Um, I mean, when you talk about the BSUE, they just started actually relatively like last year really and look at what they've done in a short amount of time um it's really important to get involved and i get that when you are at the age that a lot of our kids are it that can be intimidating especially when you come in as a freshman but you shouldn't do things just because your friends do have a little courage try something new try something different figure out who you are and what it is that you enjoy and i think that's when you're really going to feel like you belong that you find people that you I don't know, have stuff in common with it, you really enjoy spending time with it, you might not have ever really realized if you hadn't taken that chance to get involved in something else. Yeah, and it, I mean, even when I walk into the gym and I see the banner with like all the clubs listed, it always blows my mind. Like there literally is a club for anything. You're exactly right. You should be able to find something. Uh, throughout the fall, while you have been doing some drop-ins, teachers have been doing some amazing things to help move their students toward mastering the classroom, especially in a year like this where it's a little bit different. So what have been some of the most impressive examples that you've been seeing in the classroom? Yeah, I, you guys, I've seen a lot of amazing, cool things that just blow my mind. I think like if I was still in the classroom teaching right now, how would I be responding? Um, you know, I think there are amazing things that are happening in big capacities, but also in those small little minute details that sometimes you miss. Um, you know, so there's a lot of really good things I could highlight. One thing that has been really impressive um, is, is the podcast, the number of teachers who are starting to do podcasts. 
Laura Hansen with her um, sheltered students is doing a podcast. I actually got to go down and participate with a, a group as they did it. I think that's that's pretty cool. I mean, when you're sitting there trying to get kids to work on, you know, let's be honest, our kids are really good at listening. <laughs> but when you're trying to get them to work on their speaking um, skills, what a great way to get them to do it. And what a great way to get kids to demonstrate what they know by getting them to just talk. When they're talking, they're engaging. That's what we want to see in classrooms. Um, I've been amazed as to teachers um, who have set up different cool labs that amazingly still honor social distancing, you know, honor all the pro- COVID protocols that we'd want in there, but engage kids. Um, and so it's just in those fine little things, I've, the blended classrooms that I have seen. Um, you know, I think kids, of course, like the blended classes because if they're doing all the things that they need to be doing, they don't necessarily always have to be in a particular class at that given time. But to see the interactive ways that teachers are posting lessons out there for kids to engage with, wow. I mean, even, even, my, even my own children who are at elementary age, wow, that's what school should be looking like. So when, you're, when we're talking about you know, some of those challenges that we've had to make quick adjustments to, um, but you look at that and you go, wow, how much education has evolved just in a matter of less than a year? Those are those practices that I think Wow, that's cool. And I, and I feel for, for all of us in education that we've had to do that in a really short amount of time. But we're going to take things out of this that ha- are going to transform our classrooms. Do you see, even after um, you know, school gets back to normal, and I say that with quotes, whatever normal ends up being, I almost, in my mind, I don't think school should look the same because I think, like you said, we are branching out and trying new things because we have to. But it's way past overdue. We Amen. should have been branching out. So do you see, like, I just used this, this, this blended learning as the example. Is blended learning only going to increase within classrooms after this pandemic is done? Are there other things you see, too, that we're going to extend and continue to use after we get back to normal? I, I absolutely hope so. I think you, you nailed it on the head. I think that we have been needing a transformation to happen in education for a long time. I think it's hard, though. I think we're busy. Um, teachers work so hard. They work endless hours. Um, you know, and one of the sayings that is, is common that used to just infuriate me as a teacher sometimes is that work smarter, not harder. But, but it's kind of true. And that's hard when you're used to doing things the way that you do them to want to sit there and to, to tweak those. How do I make this better? Oh, but it, it becomes a little overwhelming. And so this has forced us to do that. So I really, truly hope there are things that we don't go back to that were our normal that we go you know what this wasn't necessarily easy but these are i've produced some pretty amazing things i've made myself think outside the box far more than i ever thought i was capable of and and and, you know and collaborating with my peers to say how can we you know how can we make learning accessible to kids who are sitting at home um i don't want kids sitting at home but i think if we can take some of those elements and bring them into our classroom so that the idea is that the teacher's not up there talking for 50 minutes that kids are truly engaged that they're a little bit more independent in their learning and we are more facilitators that's what we want in education for sure and i'll give a little um shout out because i know last year uh dan conrad was the big advocate for blended learning here as well as coima like mm-hmm. they, they they wanted to collaborate and we're even so um you know so in on it that they said let's just let's get some teachers trained and let's just try what what was it like six teachers I think last year right away Mm -hmm. on a whim kind of just like let's let's do a blended classroom second semester yep and that was they must have had some pandemic knowledge to know that this (laughs) this fall all of a sudden we were going to have to uh you know use it as a it's a it's been a valuable resource for students uh to utilize and like you said 
I think that there's something to like prepping for college and knowing like I have to know this by this date and I'm going to show my knowledge. And if it takes me teaching myself a little bit at home or knowing how I learn best, it kind of gives them that flexibility to be able to do so. Absolutely. I uh, actually, my last year teaching, so we were part of that initial group. We went out to Naperville, Ohio to see there they do blended learning. Um, and I will be honest, when, when Mr. Conrad came to me and said, hey, I'm looking at this model, I thought right away I taught math. I thought, uh, I don't know, well, this sounds great. Don't think I'll probably do it in math. I, I don't see blended working in math, but I'll go check it out. And then I went and checked it out and I got to see a math classroom. And I think, you know, the thing that we talk about all the time that is so necessary that we teach our kids are a lot of those soft skills, the executive skills, organization, time management, all of those pieces that we have to be careful in high school that sometimes we become so focused on our content that we miss all those other skills that we're trying to teach kids so they can do, truly be successful out in the world. Um, and so blended learning provides that opportunity. I mean, teachers still, I would say, they start their, their year off by kind of teaching kids some of those organizational skills. You still have those safety nets when a kid is not, you know, they're not managing their time, they're not getting their stuff done. You, you know, you pull them back. Um, but I just think it's, it's a great way to empower kids to learn those skills and manage those pieces so that it's not when they first hit their first job or college that they're finally figuring out how do they manage their time and get all the stuff done that they need to get done. The Warrior Way podcast is excited to partner with Wave 26 Nutrition. Stop into their 26th and Sycamore location for a shake and tea and receive 15% off your first order by saying Warrior Way at checkout. We thank you for your continued support of the Warrior Way and hope you continue to enjoy our weekly episodes. So within our circle of courage, independence is coined as one being able to say, I have the power to make my own decisions. The BSU has done some remarkable things this fall in the decisions they have made to speak up on, in, on injustices. What has made you most proud of this group and how they have represented Washington? Okay, wow, what a, what a fantastic group, right? You know, we started off the year, and you're right, we had some, some injustices and some things that happened. I think the thing that makes me most impressed with this group is their ability to tackle tough conversations um, and, and, and tough issues just in general and do it with class and integrity and most importantly love. Um, had a lot of conversations with these kids and they are handling some of these issues better than adults. Um, I, I just, they, they have, they have led with love. They have led with forgiveness that they understand that, you know, as humans, we're not meant to hold on to vengeance and anger in those ways. And that if we truly want change, change comes with seeing another person and seeing their flaws and accepting them and loving them and for being able to forgive them so that we can come together and move forward. And that's what this group has worked so hard to accomplish. Um, and they are always, they are always looking to help others. This group has done so many things. And one of the things most recently they have done that just gives a testament to how much they're willing to give back is they came to me and they wanted to be able to go over to Annie Sullivan over their lunch. They're giving up their lunch to go over to Annie Sullivan and do math with the kids and read with them and play with them and just have those relationships. And it's, and it's awesome. And the kids have loved it. And then COVID ramped up in the end of November, December. And so we had to take that away from the kids. Well, 
they were so concerned in wanting these kids to know that they still cared about them, they're still thinking about them, so they put together Christmas packages for them and sent them over. And so I just think for them to constantly be thinking about how to better other people's lives, wow. Like, we're blessed to have those kids here. And we had, we've been lucky enough to have a few members on our show and talk about all that they've been doing. Um, and like you said, the way that they speak about the topics, but also the ideas that they have, just don't seem like they should be ideas that come out from, come out of like a 16, 17 year old student. And I agree 100% also with what you said is that they handle talking and, and dealing with these issues better than adults do. Mm -hmm. Um, and they want to find solutions and not just speak about the problems, which I think would be a really easy way with a, with a group to just come around and talk about all the issues and, you know, um, bring up what is going wrong, but instead they come together and they want to discuss ways that we can act actively go do something about them. And we've seen those here at Washington. So, um, one of our core principles is generosity and, uh, there have been many generous things, uh, that have happened here at Washington throughout this fall and before that as well. Um, what have been some of the most generous acts that you have been part of during this chaotic school year thus far? Yeah. So obviously, you know, back to the BSUE group, they have done so many things to, to, to give back to others. So um, with them going over to Annie Sullivan, also um, right before Christmas, they joined up with the student council to do Operation Give Back. Um, where they were looking out for, for kids in our own Washington community that might go without certain things over, over Christmas. Um, so they led the charge with that. They came in after school. They, they packaged the items up, put them in the different bins, all that kind of stuff. So um, huge, huge, just that thought process. I'm so impressed that the thing that I love about our students that I've seen this year and even the Dash for Cash at, at Thanksgiving is, you guys, the thing that you need to understand is these aren't necessarily teacher, staff led these are the kids saying, we want to do something. They set an appointment. Maybe they meet with me. Maybe they take it to a staff member and they say, we want to do this. And then we're just there to try and help them, you know, bring it to fruition. So that's the piece that I'm so proud of with our student body is they're coming up with these ideas. They're, they're taking the lead. They're, they're charging ahead. And I love that. And lastly, but not least. As principal of WHS and a voice of leadership, what is your vision moving forward for our school community? Um, and what hopes do you have that we can, you know, make improvements to things that are already in place? Um, but what do you just see for Washington High School as you start to take on uh, this lead principalship for years to come? Yeah, great question. Um, you know, it's, we already have such a strong community that I think that it's easy to say, I want to build on that. Um, I love that we've brought the focus back to, um, you know, the four pillars of the circle of courage. I love that. It's given us a nice, it's important to have a clear focus, a clear vision, right? Um, and so it's, it's, it's how do we continue to infuse that into our community and our culture and, and help strengthen um, Washington, but in strengthen our kids, instill those values in our kids. Um, we're already very generous um, in that sense of belonging. I think that COVID has given us some setbacks, and I'm impressed with how our kids have rallied to, to overcome some of those pieces. But what I would really love is for once we can remove some of those barriers from COVID is how do we continue to share the stories and the successes um, of our students so that they really do get to know each other. I think sometimes what we forget is, you know, I was, at, I was at Washington for 15 years before I came back as as a head principal. And 
as a teacher, when you're here for that long time, you get to know people's stories. You get to see all the different cool things that have transpired over the years. But what you forget is for a kid who's coming here for years, especially when they're a freshman, sophomore year, they don't know all of that. They don't know all the things that we know. So how can we use technology to get that word out there so there's so much to celebrate? I think that's one of the big things that I try to focus on is, you know, we, we ha- we're always going to have things that are tough and it's hard, but we can't let those overcome all the wonderful, awesome things that are worth celebrating. You know, I talk to you guys all the time about let's fill our buckets. Well, we need to fill our kids' buckets. We need to give them hope. We need to show them all the wonderful things that are happening in the world. And so that's what I want at Washington. I want to continue to build on our culture, to continue to celebrate what makes Washington so great. Why when people walk through the front doors and they come into this building, it's almost this magical feeling about how special of a place this is. I, I, I just want to keep building on that. Um, as far as we talked a little bit earlier about education, I want our classrooms to continue to be transformed. We have some amazing things that teachers do in our classrooms that needs to be spread even wider so that every classroom a kid walks into is a great classroom to be in. And I think that the first step is we have to hire great staff, which we have. Yeah. Um, our staff is amazing. And the things that they do, the, the investment that they have in our students is unparalleled. I mean, they just they go above and beyond. And like you said, I think that it's really important. I can't remember which guest we talked about it with. But and you can maybe speak to um, the circle of courage and in your first 15 years while you were here teaching before you left, when did you first feel like the circle of courage was um, more apparent or being, you know, like more involved within our school setting? Was there a time that you can remember first hearing about it? Did you hear about it when you first started? You know, it was there when I first started. Um, Carla Midland, who's principal at Washington, she was really an integral piece of doing the four key pieces of the Circle of Courage, but I will give Dan Conrad credit. It's it's Mr. Conrad who brought it back um, because I remember it was more towards the end of my teaching career that I was like, those, those four core pieces and people all of a sudden, it just became a part of everyday conversation. And that, and that was Dan. Dan was the one who brought that back, brought that the focus and decided, you know what, I'm gonna build on it. So when I talk about it, honestly, I'm just, I'm just building off of the foundation that Dan laid. And we had Jack Talley on last week, and we talked about it a little bit. And he even said he was a 2017 graduate. And he said when he was here, when he graduated or going through his four years, he didn't feel like the Circle of Courage was being emphasized. Like it was something that you kind of knew was there, but he didn't know that he could name the four pillars. Yeah. It was something you saw, but you couldn't name it. So I think that that's really something where every year, like you said, when a student comes in as a freshman, by the time they graduate, they know what those four pillars of Washington was, and they felt them. Mm-hmm. Like, they feel them, and they're taking those and using them into the next steps of their life. So, we better get to our draft. So, today our draft is going to be the top five words that you, how do I even put this? The most annoying words during our pandemic. <laughs> And I don't want to say any of those words because I only have a few in my head that I can hold on to. Our top five least favorite words of this COVID-19 pandemic. So you get to take your favorite one off the board first with the number one draft pick. So it'll go, uh, Carrie, you'll go first. Scout and you'll go second. I'll go third. We'll snake it. So I'll get two picks. Kay. Back to you. You'll get two. We each get five. Now, are we going to try to do this without repeating any words? 
If if we're able to, yes, we're gonna try not to repeat. Fifteen might be a tough, a tall task to get to, but we're gonna try. So we're gonna have to get creative. We're gonna get creative. Carrie, what are you taking? Number one. Unprecedented. That is that's an awful one. You're even writing them down, huh, Scouting? Well, that way, yeah. yeah that way I, we have, unprecedented so. has become a key keyword that I hate to hear. Yeah. It seems like it should no longer be unprecedented. Like we're we're here nine months now. <laughs> it's not unprecedented anymore. I can't even say it right. Yeah. Um, I'm just gonna go with positive. I mean, mm. that's to me that's the one word you don't really want to ever hear. So. And you should want to hear it, right? You should yeah, want to hear. You should want to hear the word positive. It, I see what you're saying. Yes. It should be good, but it's not. It's bad. Okay, my number one pick. I'm gonna go with the word fluid, because this is a fluid situation. <laughs> we know that. It's no longer fluid. Um, my number two pick is going to be pivot. Mm. I'm stealing it from you. Sorry. Yeah, you're right. You're right. We are going to pivot in our education setting. I uh, hate hearing that. Uh, for my next one, I'm going to go with uh, trend. They're always saying, like, hey, this is our trend that we're doing or whatever. And it's like... Yeah, we get it. We're going in the positive trend or now it's negative. Like, I just feel like they use that a lot. We're trending up. We're yes, trending, trending down. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. I don't like that one either. Hmm. I'm going to go with quarantine. I'm sick of the word quarantine. I hear you. We all experience too much of quarantine. See, and for me, like, quarantine was always just, it, it was a movie growing up. I don't know. Have, have you seen that, Scouting? <laughs> I've heard of it. It I was. I don't. I don't think I ever saw it either. But that was all I knew when it came to quarantine, and now it just gave me a whole new feeling of <laughs> what quarantine is. So, that's a good one. You get two. Yep. All right. So then the next one I'm gonna do obviously would be contact tracing. Two words, but they have definitely to go counts as one. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was one of mine. <laughs> Sorry. You know that all too now well, Papke. Yes. <laughs> oh, it's back to me, isn't it? Oh. This is tougher than I thought it'd be. I'm over here trying to think of two. You at least get one. I have to get two in my head. (laughs) Uh, Let's see here. Let's go with, can I say DOH? Sure, you can say whatever you want. I mean, I I think that would be one that I'm kind of sick of hearing is the DOH says this or whatever, so. Okay. I'm not going to say names because I could easily list like names I don't want to hear after you say that, but I'm going to keep it away from that. I'm going to say the word cases. Oh, yeah. Cases. And then I'm just going to go flat out COVID-19. Yeah. Keep it simple. Uh, uh, I just need one. You're right. This is tough to not repeat. Um, at one point, I don't know if this is, I kind of got sick of hearing like, that there's not enough hospital beds or something with that. I just felt like that at mm. times people were like, like, they just kept repeating that, like, yeah. there's not enough. There won't be enough or whatever. So hospital beds, let's just say that. Mm-hmm. That counts, yep. Mm-hmm. So I need two. You get two. So I'm going to say uh, guidelines, like CDC guidelines yep. say. Um, and I would also say, Hmm. You're rounding out your draft here, your fifth pick. This is my fifth yeah. pick? Ooh, okay, I have two, but I'm, I'll, I'll only pick one. What, what, what should I leave for It's you? okay, you can give the other one to Scout yes. because he okay, doesn't have a fifth one yet. So I would say the two I'm thinking are, how about just the word pandemic? And then the other one would be confirmed, as in confirmed cases. 
Okay, so I'll take that then. Confirmed. Yes. That's mine. Jeez, <laughs> well, you left me no time to think about mine then. Oh. <laughs> okay, so this is my last pick, right? Yeah. Um, I'm going to round out this draft with... I have nothing in my head. Um, Go with close contact. Was that not said? I think I said contact tracing, but I don't think we actually said oh, close, we contact. Say close contact. Oh, let's go close contact. Go. Yes, yeah. because we all don't want any close contacts. Yeah. yeah. So, hey, we didn't do half bad. We got 15 working together. If the worst thing we did was bleed in some hyphenated double words, that's <laughs> yes. pretty good. I think we covered pretty much all of them. So, Well, Carrie, thank you so much yes, for coming on the you. podcast. Yeah, we know thanks for having me. how busy you are. We're glad we could catch you during winter break where you're Time is maybe a little less divided here with having to take care of issues in the building. But we just thank you for all of your work that you do here and continue to do. And uh, it's been a tremendous fall. I think we teachers especially um, are just in awe of how you've come in and just taken things by the that by the horns and just um, really done an amazing job during an unprecedented time. I'll say <laughs> it. So we just really thank you for taking the time to come on here. Thank you.